Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm just going to sit here and do that the rest of the show. Oh, let's I'm just go. Gonna, I'm just going to do that for the rest I mean, of the show. Your glasses are sweet. Thanks. You know, Shaq hooked us all up. You know what? Shaq has got this company. What? What's the name of the company? Jamie is the guy's name. Yeah, Jamie's the... Jamie's got Zaloware? Is, uh, it is, as a matter of fact. Shout and out so, to Jamie. After I had to get my first glasses in a long time, about a month ago... And they make all the difference in the world because I had a, just a little bit of a change in one in the one eye in the prescription. And then Shaq keeps saying, "Hey, if you want some more frames, just here's my guy." You go through this thing, yeah, man. You send him the prescription, boom. Yeah, so First I got all, about like I eight th- pair, eight nine pair of glasses now. It's amazing. After all these years, he finally came in handy. Like Shaq is useless most of the time. Ooh, I like those Epson printers too. Woo! Shaq has uh, been very, very nice to the Johnson family. I've never, I've never had a reason to have a printer. Yeah, I know. But I, I guess it would be helpful. But the glass thing, Jamie hooked the brother yeah, up. Yeah, really I good. I mean, yeah. So, because the thing is, my head is so big, I had a hard time getting big glasses. You know, my and guy, he's got I, some of those. Some of those Shaq models are yeah, like oversized. Yeah, my guy, Doctor kind of Putterman, retired. Mm-hmm. I had a guy in Philly who did a fantastic job, but he retired. I don't know why he retired. He was just making glasses. Thanks, Dr. Well, Butterman. a lot of folks retire, Chuckster, when He's it's making just glasses. Time. He's not working in the steel mill. Can't a person just, like, have some time to themselves where they don't have to make glasses on for my, soaps? On their time, not oh, okay. my time. This is my time. <laughs> Only okay. Chuckster must okay. approve all Thank, retirements. Yeah, thanks, Dr. Putterman. <laughs> Dr. Putterman. Dr. That Dr. sounds like a made-up name. That's not his. That's his real name, Dr. Putterman. <laughs> Dr. Putterman. Dr. Putterman. Don't make fun of Dr. From, Putterman. No, I'm not. It's just all like a golfer saying, hey, yeah. he's Dr. Putterman. He made me Dr. Driverstein. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He made me great glasses for a long time, and then he retired. So here we here we are in the steam room. If yes. You're, if you are a, a loyal steamer, we appreciate that. It was kind of a meandering start to, That's okay. to the it, podcast. It's You know what? Give Dr. Shaq and Jamie Dr. some Putterman. love. Give Dr. Putterman Dr. some Putterman. love. Putterman. But now it's Jamie and Shaq. Mm-hmm. Shaq finally came in handy. We got a surprise guest coming up uh, in just a oh. bit. It, it's always good to spring things on the Chuck. I skirt. like it. I like so it. So we're not going to tell you who that is. Okay. Um, but that what a tease, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, can you imagine if somebody's driving around right now listening to the pod and it's like, oh, man, I can't. I'm so glad that I've got another 70 miles to go on this trip so I can hear <laughs> the surprise guest. Anyway. Yeah, okay. Um, first of all. First of all, so I'm going to start with some sad news um, before I get into some other stuff. I just want to talk about John Drew, who passed away. Uh, terrific NBA player. Number 22, was he not, for yes, the Atlanta Hawks? Yes, Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. And he passed away, and I just want to tell everybody what a good dude he was uh, and give my best and thoughts to the family. So my college coach, Coach John Drew at Gardner-Webb, and he said to me one time, he says, if you're going to play in the NBA, you're going to be an undersized power forward. He says, I got a guy who can work with you. And I said, well, what's his name? He says, John Drew. I said, the guy who, the all-star for the Hawks? John Drew came to Auburn and worked with me. What's the first thing he did when he walked in the gym and he, said? He just, he, he obviously I knew who he was and what a great player he was. He says, they tell me you're going to play in the NBA. I said, well, I'm hoping to. They says, Charles, you can't post these big guys up. They're too big. You got to learn how to dribble. 
and make moves and go at angles. Don't go, don't go at them. And man, it really helped me a lot. Made me one of the uh, better players of my generation because uh, just he said, "Yo, this life is going to be really different. There are going to be a lot of obstacles for you. Got to be careful and navigate." I don't want to get into all that, but I want to just take the time to acknowledge what a great player he was. He was a great dude to me. You know, when you're successful, there are so many people who help you become successful. Coaches, teammates, families, friends. I mean, a lot of people. And I want to give John his due for helping me become a great player. Along those lines, Chuckster, do you recall the first time somebody approached you and said, Hey, could you spend some time? You know, this is after you became Charles yeah. Barkley. Maybe a coach says, "Hey, I got this player. Got pretty good potential. Might be an NBA player. Could you work with him?" How I many? How many times has that happened to you? It's probably happened to me probably ten times. The thing I tell them, I says, the number one thing you have to do, like, you have to be obsessed. Like, you can't half-ass and play sports, right? Especially if you're going to get to the next level. Because I tell people, you can half-ass in high school, you can half-ass in college. When I got smacked in the face my rookie year, and I tell people, in high school, when you're a great player, you're probably only going to play against two or three players that's competitive like you. Yeah. And in college, you're probably going to play against 10 to 15, maybe even 20 you're going to be better than most people. But when you get to the NBA, you're not better than anybody. You're not going to be better than LeBron, KD, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Joel Embiid, no, there's Joker. A, there's a challenge yeah, yeah. So every you, night. Uh, every yeah. night. You take the worst guy on the Phoenix Suns, he was a terrific college player. So the best thing I, I have, I told, I've told people, you got to be in shape first and foremost. Then you got to learn how to play basketball because your talent will get you there, but then you got to learn how to play. You know, John talked to me a lot about that. Uh, and when I when I work with young guys, I says, you know, this is for real. You know, I get asked this question all the time. First of all, I wouldn't change anything about my life or my career. But they said, would you rather play today and make more money, the kind of money they're making today? I says, Yes. That's a loaded question because there's so much more scrutiny today. Like, <laughs> they didn't have that type of scrutiny. They didn't have all these talk shows in the morning. They didn't have all these websites where anybody can say anything about you. I'm not even talking about social media. But you've never cared about that, Chuckster. How would, but, that, imp but, but, how would that impact but, you, if but, you if you care what somebody would hey, say about you the let, next day? Let, let me tell you something. All these guys are full of shit, Ernie. My favorite thing when I hear a guy say, well, I don't read the newspaper. Please stop. <laughs> Please stop. Like when guys say that, they're lying. I mean, first of all, even if they're not, somebody in their family is saying, hey, did you hear what this guy said about you? It's happened to us before. Yeah, I know. Because okay, you know what? Because we've heard guys after games say something or make a comment. So somebody is relaying that to them. The scrutiny that these guys are under today is really totally different than guys that I in my day. Like it used to be funny, we'd go out drinking with the reporters the night before the game or the night when we were on the road, and nobody said anything about it. Now, if you do that, some random person gonna take a picture of you and tweet it out. Like so, it's a different animal today. So when I talk to the young players today, I says, "Yo, man." You got to keep your head down and be careful because there's time I'm out right now and somebody's filming me from a distance. You know, my bodyguard, James, he never sits close to me. And sometimes he'll come over. He says, hey, somebody is sitting across the room filming you with a camera. Like, not that I'm going to do anything, but he always wants me to be aware. But he'll stand over on the side and he says, Nobody's going to get to you. I'll get there quick enough, but I need to be able to see the whole room. And I want fans to be able to walk up to me and say hello. I do. I want them because, like I say, I'm so honored if they take the time. If people only knew that because, and, and a lot of people do know it, 
and you know, you and I have been out together and I know how engaging you are and how welcoming you are to folks who want to come up and do that. But it is, it's the, it's the guys who were behind the post who have the phone out like this. And it's like, you don't need to do that. Yeah. Come up and say hello. Because yeah. I remember an, the, a thing, in, I think it was in San Antonio where we were one one year, where somebody was trying to goad you into something and the other it, guy was shooting it. And it was like, yeah, come was, on, yeah. man. The thing Ernie's talking about. So you know how my relationship with the military. We were asked to go on a visit the military base in San Antonio. So I get downstairs a little bit early before my bodyguard and Chico come down. And I'm sitting at the bar. And the bar's not even open, actually. Mm-mm. And this guy comes up and starts insulting me. I said, yo, man, I don't want no trouble, no drama. And he's like, no, nah, I just think you're an asshole and blah, blah, blah. I said, yo, my man, I don't want no trouble. Just chill. And then some said, turn around. And there's a dude over here, feminine, thinking, like, thank God I'm more mature. Probably In the old days, I probably would have clocked him. But it goes to show you how everybody, I'm like, yo, man, are you feminine? him? He's insulting me. You want me to... I said, oh yeah okay we're good yeah. we're good but these guys have to keep their head on the swivel now and that's why i said yeah it sounds good to make a lot more money but they got a lot more stuff like i say every tom and dick and harry get to talk about them now you know there's so many websites so many talk shows we never had to worry about that what else you got here on first of all baker mayfield mm-hmm. baker mayfield i met you one time i came and said hello to you when i was in cleveland I wish you nothing but the best. But I saw your comments about you felt disrespected because they looked at another quarterback. Yo, man, there's better players than you. They're like, well, we got a chance to get this dude. It's nothing personal. If you get a chance to make your team better, that's the way this thing works. You can't be whiny talking about you feel disrespected because they wanted somebody else. And the one other thing that you said that bothered me, and I don't know what it is with you guys today, you get upset that the fans boo you. You says, how would they feel if you came to their cubicle and booed them? And I'm like, man, you got to take a step back and realize, like, that goes with this territory. You can't compare you going to their cubicle. And First of all, you said cubicle to insult them, too. Uh, that's why you said it. Uh, you could have said, do I come to their office? But you said cubicle for a reason. Yeah, man, I don't know what it is with you guys today. Fans are going to boo if you don't play well. And, like, listen, can they cross the line? 100%. And I'm not for any fans crossing lines. Let's get that out the clip. But this thing that they were players act like if they get booed, uh, that the fans have committed triple murder, homicide. Come on, man. Take a step back. Baker, I wish you nothing but the best. You got to play better. I know you were hurt this year, but you got to play better. But you can't be disrespectful when teams are looking at better players or fans are booing you. It's time for you to grow up and do your job. That almost dovetails from the first thing you were talking about. about, Well, fans have always done that, but in this day and age, every performance you have, every game yeah. you play, mm-hmm. is there's going to be this instant uh, analysis. And and sometimes it's it's almost laughable because yeah. somebody can have a good game and it's like, hey, is he is he the next breakout star of the NBA? Yeah. Is he the greatest twenty three year old you've ever seen? Yeah. You know, it's like not everything has to be qualified after one after a particular game. You don't have to respond to it. No, and you don't. Yeah, yeah. Is this guy a bust? Yeah. You know, if you yeah. go one for twelve, oh, he's a bust. Oh, I told you he couldn't play in big games. Yeah. Oh, here it is, his reputation, <laughs> and it's like. It's relentless. It's, it's, but it's stupid, though. I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's relentless, and it's like, look, if you're going to pay attention to all that stuff... You're going to go crazy. You are. You're not going to last for long. From an emotional standpoint, if you take everything that's written or said about you to heart. And then the thing is, and I, I'm going to say something I shouldn't say it, his wife, she responds to these fools on social media. You can't do that. <laughs> I'm going to just tell you something. I remember... Shout out to Sean Bradley, thinking about your brother. I remember talking to him one time. His wife was talking to the fans of Philadelphia. And I'm like, yo, man, tell your wife, don't talk back to those fans. Because I says, I've seen this movie before. It's going to end badly. And it got to the point where she couldn't come to games anymore. Yeah, You got to understand. You can't argue with the fans unless you're playing great. But if you're having bad, struggling, you're just putting more pressure on yourself. Hey, just let it go. Don't respond to people on social media. 
I, I think Baker's a good kid. He's a good player. But, man, he's got to take a step back and, like, you know what, let me just play good football and that'll be the end of it. Yeah, that'll, yeah. and all that stuff will take care of itself. Yes. And the last thing, y'all know boxing is my favorite sport. So, Errol Spence Jr. won this weekend, and he is fantastic. And he's a, there's another guy out there his fantastic name, Bud Crawford, Terrence Bud Crawford. They are the two best in the world in their division. They've been avoiding each other probably now for at least two or three years. I don't understand. This is when you as a boxer step in and say, hey, I don't care what you say, my manager. Us two need to fight. You don't want a Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao situation where they fought five years too late and they were both past their prime. But if you're going to be the best in the world, can you imagine in the NBA if we had the two best teams, they didn't play each other, they just said, well, we're the best in the West, you're the, you're the best in the East. But we don't want to fight each other because we don't. neither one of us want to lose. It's just stupid. You want to see how great you can be. So Errol Spence Jr., you are fantastic. Bud Crawford, you are fantastic. Y'all need to fight. Tell your management and promoters, get the hell out the way. Y'all split it 50-50 and see who's the best. And if you lose, it's all right. Fight again. You ever, uh, have you ever put the boxing gloves on, Chuckster? Well, I do boxing with my trainer, Joey. No, but have you ever? No. Have you ever gotten no. in the ring with somebody? Hell no. I don't want, nobody wants to get hit. <laughs> I don't, first of all, I don't, and, and, you know, the other thing about that, when I, tell, when I talk to young kids about fighting, I tell you, yo, man, don't fight. I don't want to really want to hurt somebody. First of all, I don't want to get hurt, but I really don't want to hurt anybody. I'm not built like that. So are you saying you have some remorse after you knock somebody out? I've said that every time I hit somebody, I was wrong. Uh, there was a fan in Indiana was harassing me, and we were getting beat by 40. I was wrong. I don't even remember his name. The guy in uh, Milwaukee. In the snowstorm. Yeah, in the snowstorm. With you with no shirt. Yeah, but it was I was cut then. <laughs> um, so, uh, the guy in Orlando. There was a guy in Orlando who threw the drink on me when I chased him and threw him through a window. Uh, the guy when I, uh, uh, me and Reggie Miller were together and I hit him. But I was wrong. I've been blessed that all this stupid stuff I did didn't have a bad effect. But I'm 59 years old. I'm man enough to admit now, like, yo, know, man, you, you shouldn't be out here fighting. At the time, I was 26, 27. You know, you are just stupid. And now I'm 59. I'm like, yo, know, man, why are you fighting people because they said something bad to you? That's just stupid. So that's my first of all, brother. That was wide-ranging and very yes. entertaining, I might, I might add, also. It was really cold at night in Milwaukee, too. It's funny because I was there. Wipe on, I, wipe off. I was there covering a Olympic <laughs> speed skating, um, the Olympic trials, and, and was about to get on a plane the next morning, and it was on the radio about Charles Barkley. I didn't get on the plane because I was in jail. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> and no, it was only it was only about a year later when I got some details from uh, somebody who was pretty close to you who yeah. spilled the beans on, on. on your whole. Th thank you, Ralph Macchio. Wipe on. I'm going to take off. my shirt off here to try to intimidate him. <laughs> kind of worked. Anyway, we'll take a break. <laughs> we'll come back with more on the Steam Room. Special guest comes up next. Back here inside the Steam Room, where we encourage all of our guests, and not just encourage, we demand that every guest keep their towel on. I like that. Especially when it's uh, one of Chuckster's best friends, who's our special guest <laughs> on the Steam Room. Yes, you guessed it. Roy Green oh, joins us oh in the my. steam room. Oh, this is as low as it can go. Oh, no, this is as good as it gets. Let me pick these ratings up off the phone. Uh, off the off floor. The floor. <laughs> Roy Green, how are you? I'm great, Arnie. But first and foremost, let me speak slowly, <laughs> distinctly, and clearly. So, Charles, you will understand I can't wait to kick your ass. In what way? 
uh, verbally here on the steam room or or your next time you guys get together on the golf course? We're both. Okay. Of course, right. it's both. Both are fair game. <laughs> hey, gas is really high right now. I need to win some money, Chucky. Hey, you know, I will say this. Roy is probably the most competitive, uh, you know, Michael, Tiger guys who I know are personally uh, who are great competitors. Roy Green is one of the best competitors I've ever been around. He's got the worst golf swing. Yes. Roy, Roy, Roy. Thanks, Arnie. You, you and Charles play a lot together. Uh, how can he be describing your golf swing? I mean, I know his is better now, but I've seen it at its worst. At your worst, it was never like Chuck's swing, right? Well, you know, I, I've been in a slump for sure. But <laughs> as you said, nothing like Chucky's uh, slump. And there's no way. I don't care who beats me. I have. I don't care. He's never going to beat me. I'm not going to let him beat me. Charles understands the best uh, I ever felt in my whole life. Two things happened since we've known each other <laughs> that has bothered him his entire life. First, when I retired, <laughs> he kept telling people how fast he was as a basketball player. And I said, yeah, you're pretty fast for a basketball player, but you know, you're not football fast. He said, race me. <laughs> I said, what? Race you? I said, I haven't ran in two years. Why, why would I want to race you? He said, because you can't beat me. And I went and beat him. <laughs> and he was terrible for about a month. <laughs> so I love beating him. This is not Dick Bavetta that you're racing here, Chuck. This it was is a guy, was... a two-time pro bowler. Uh, right. Double-digit years in the NFL. Speedy hey. wide receiver. You're not going to beat him in a race at any age. Let me just say this. It came, It was a photo finish. We had to go back and look at the tape. <laughs> yeah. Photo. So where, how did you guys, how'd you guys start this relationship? How long have you known each other? Do you recall, Roy, the first time you met the Chuckster? Yeah, I do. It was, uh, I think, either 90 or 91. What, what, what year did you come to the Sun? 91? 92, 93. Okay, well, there it was. So when I first came uh, to the Eagles, uh, a dear friend of mine had bumped into Charles at the airport on his way uh, to the Suns. And they told me, say, hey, I just ran into Charles Barkley. He's going to be with the Suns. And I was like, man, that's awesome. And he said he talked about you. And he said that he's uh, he's seen us both play, uh, you know, because in Atlanta at that time, and well, in, in Birmingham, well, not even Birmingham. <laughs> Leeds. Yeah. I keep trying to give you a big city, Chucky, but I just got to tell the truth. It's Leeds. Hey, Bur hey, hey, Birmingham is a suburb of Leeds. Let's get that out the way. <laughs> yeah, I heard you say that. So anyway, he told me he was there. He said that he'd known us. So when I get to uh, Arizona to follow us and meet him some kind of way. So I went to a game. We met. And from the within five minutes, we start insulting each other. <laughs> so I knew this was going to be a great relationship <laughs> because we're, there's a lot of commonality between us. You know, we we'll say whatever we want, whatever we feel. We don't generally have uh, to worry about what people say. We'll think about that later on. So uh, it was just great. Chuck, as big an NFL fan as you are, then obviously you knew. Oh, th great. that's I was so excited to meet him. I didn't know he was an asshole to later, okay. but I was excited to meet him <laughs> because it's kind of like the NBA. You know, people like now, they think every game is on. Uh, they think every NFL is game is on. But in Alabama, you get one game every Sunday and it was going to be the, the, the Giants, the Cowboys, or the Redskins. And I'm not even lying. Probably 75% of the time they were playing the Cardinals. Yeah. And I was, I mean, and like, it's kind of like when I was growing up, we got the Lakers, the Celtics, and the 76ers every right. Sunday. In it some was, combination. It was going to be, <laughs> in some combination, it was going to be one of those three teams or, or, or two of those three teams against somebody. And, you know, I, football and boxing are my two favorite sports. And I would hear the guys talking about what a great player Roy was. And I started studying. He, I, and, you know, he told me, like, you know, he played. He's one of the first players to play both ways. Yeah. He played wide receiver and defensive back. I'm like, you got to be great to do that. 
you don't even have to be good. You have to be great. And just studying his career, I just was impressed with it. And I hate giving him a compliment because if you close your eyes on the golf course with him, you'll think you're playing with <laughs> Tiger Woods. Because the way he th he's the most – like, if you just close your eyes, you're like, I'm playing with Tiger again. And then you open your eyes and like, oh, it's just, it's just Roy talking. Yeah. I wish I was overconfident than you were. Yeah. <laughs> you're the most overconfident uh, I've ever heard of. Uh, listen, so we met and we hit it off. And the rest is history. And I played golf with Roy more than any person I've ever played with in my life. Uh, you know, and he's got a great group. It's uh, Eric Dickerson, Marcus Allen, Seth Joyner. We've all played together for like the last, I mean, I've been since 1992. And we have some serious game. We got a friend of ours named Jim Murphy who uh, who runs my well, the golf course I live on. Yeah. And, man, we have played. Hundreds of times, <laughs> Roy. Roy, I would assume you got to bring your wallet to that match. For what? I know I'm going to win. <laughs> I don't. I don't need to bring it. No, money. just trash talking. Just trash talking. What do you mean, just trash talking? With that, with that <laughs> it, group you just mentioned, it, there's no side action. Hey, no, there's side action, but it's just about the bragging rights. Yeah, it's more about the insulting than it oh. is the money. You don't care how <laughs> much money you win, but you got to. You got to make sure to to stop someone from talking for about three minutes mm -hmm. because you know that you hit him, you hit Chucky really good if he hasn't said a word in about three minutes. So you know you got it. And, and, that's the, that, and that's the beauty of golf. You know, yeah, we always play for money. And really it's just who going to pay for dinner and buy drinks that night. But the ability to shut a guy up for 24 hours or the next time y'all play. Like Roy has beaten me the last two times we played. Because I won the time before that. And he beat me the last two times. And he sends me texts, just reminding me. <laughs> I'll be sitting at home out of my own business. Or he'll call me and say, you remember what happened today, don't you? And I get so pissed. And I have to listen to it. Well, you got a bad memory. Hey, Roy, I got a question for you. Sure. Uh, where's Henderson State? <laughs> That's in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. And... I would like to, every time you mention Henderson State, I'd like for you both to stand up, please. <laughs> <laughs> the Reddies, huh? The greatest university in the United States of America. Henderson State University in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. But there's no, there's no like, animal mascot. It's it's the Reddies, correct? <laughs> that's, that's the hey, nickname of the team. Go. Yeah. It's a spirit, man. It's a spirit. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they told me. When you're at Henderson State, how much are you thinking about the NFL? You know what? I didn't even think about it until uh, I think over going into my junior year, my first game, my junior year, actually, and my mom was at the game. I didn't know at that point. And after the game, my, my mom came up and says, uh, Roy, what? What's a scout? <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, some type of Bronco in it, a little scout is some type of Bronco truck, I think. <laughs> I had no idea. He said, No, there was a man talking to me. And when I told him you were my uh, son, he told me that, hey, you know that he's going to get in the NFL. And <laughs> she told me that at that point, I was like, hey, <laughs> I knew that I had a chance. So, you know, my my plans after that was, you know, try to work harder, do better than I could. And there was an opportunity for me to leave Henderson State and get into the NFL. So that happened. So when you're coming out of high school, how did it come down to Henderson State? Mama's baby. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> how about that? I was a mama's baby. It was very close, uh, 90 miles from home. Uh, it was a good university in the AIC, uh, which was the conference we played in. They won, and I could get home, and they could see me play. So that was one of the reasons. Uh, the University of Arkansas was about a four-and-a-half, five-hour drive to get there. Uh, so talking to them and talking to uh, Grambling and a couple uh, uh, in Texas Southwest Conference uh, schools, I just decided forever because I love the coach there and uh, Coach Spirit. Uh, Scotty was our coach, and uh, he just saved me. He just saved me for changing my whole opportunities. So I just loved it. It was the place for me to be. So, Roy, you actually, we've been friends for so long, 
you have been on this golfing journey with me. Oh, yeah. When I used to could play, and then all hell broke loose. <laughs> and <laughs> all hell broke loose. <laughs> and I mean, seriously, you have been with me like, when I first got to Phoenix in 92, and I could really play pretty good. Yes. And then I lost it. And I lost it for 20, probably 20 years or more. And now that I'm on the trail back, at least admit on the podcast, you got to really get ready for me now. <laughs> it is sad, very sad for me to say, Chucky has turned around. Yeah. He is hitting some great, I mean, some great shots. I've seen some unbelievable things uh, with this uh, golf us playing. And over the last month, I could not believe it. I'm like, if your guy that works with you isn't coaching of the year for the golf coaches, <laughs> hey, you know, I'm I'm never going to talk to anybody else because it, it, it's, it's just unbelievable. I've seen him uh, putt for eagles. I've seen him hit drivers over 340 yards. Say it again, and that's not a joke. I've seen him hit over 340 yards on the driver. I'm like, wow. So I have to really get ready when I'm going to go with Chucky. But I have that secret. I just talked to him a couple of times. That's all I See, that's the what I want to get into with you, Roy, is, look, because you witnessed Charles playing golf pretty well back in the day, and because you witnessed uh, the Charles that America came to really appreciate for uh, that that swing, and now he's back, are you afraid that one day you might take it too far uh, verbally on the golf course and have him revert to the old Chuckster with the hitch and all that stuff? Are you afraid of, or, or do you want to protect what Charles is now? How do you how do you walk that fine line? Ernie, because I love you, and I'm going to give you some respect and not say what I should say for you to even <laughs> thinking <laughs> that that's a possibility. <laughs> First of all, that, that, that itty-bitty heart that he has from Auburn, <laughs> he, he can't do it. You know, he tells you about my competitor. All I need is to talk to Chucky just very silently, well, not silently, softly, you know who I am. You know who I am, Charles. Please remember who I am and what I do. And he will fall. He, will, he falls. Every time I do that, he falls because he was so bad, so bad to beat me. He, he just fust, flusters himself. And he can't make his game. <laughs> Once I talk to him, he tells me, if you shut up, I promise you I'll beat you. <laughs> and he probably would. Does the man speak the truth here, Chuckster? He probably would, but I won't be letting him beat me. Is no. he living rent-free up there no, in that no, big old noggin no. of yours? So, you know, I talked <laughs> to my coach, Stan Utley. I can't score. That's my problem. I took a great short game lesson from him, so I think – I'm going to work really hard on my short game. I've been working so hard on my driver and three-wood, I neglected my chipping. But last time I was with Stan, he gave me a great chipping lesson. And Roy knows this. I'm killing that driver. <laughs> yes. Ernie, I just cannot score. Look, the majority of the shots are going to – Short game or within, you know, inside 100 yards. That's yep. where you score, man, because if you can't get up and down, if you can't make putts, if you're three-putting, I mean, your number goes so that, so that, high. And that's the reason he – And I speak from experience. That's the reason he's been beating me the last few times. First of all, I'm hitting the ball 50, 60, 70 yards by him. I mean, I can't – I have to scream. My drive is so far ahead of him, I have to scream for him to hit me. <laughs> but but listen, as I always say, after he drive, I said, "Are you writing down anything?" <laughs> he's just driving, he's yapping and talking, and he gets over there. So, are you writing anything down yet? Hey, let, let's wait to see what happens. And I come back at the end and say, "Hey, great drive there, Chucky." <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna take Ernie out with us too one day. Oh, Ernie gonna, Ernie gonna come out and play with us one day. And he's going to see firsthand, because I told you, I'm just working on my chipping and my wedges for the next two or three weeks before the conference finals. 
and we're going to be in Phoenix for like a week and a half, and we're going to play every day. Because you, Seth Jonah, and Eric Dickerson, and Marcus Allen, y'all the top four <laughs> on my hit list. And little and, <laughs> hey, and what's the little dude named Colt Nost? Yeah, little Colt Nost. He's on the list, too. <laughs> Chucky, no chance. That's all I've got to say. No chance. So, Roy, you know, I called you for advice because I will say this, Ernie. Roy Green is the proudest. He's worse than you. Ernie is the most proud grandfather in the world that I'm around. But this dude, oh, man. this dude here, he brings his grandbabies around all the time. He is an amazing. So I was like, Roy, I just became a grandfather. He said, man, it's going to be. And Ernie, you said this to me. He says, Chuck, it's going to change your life forever. Here's a shout out to little Henry. Roy, what's the best advice you've given me about being a grandpa? Oh, wow. You know, just like prior to your your daughter. I mean, you just love them first and foremost. Uh, that's it. Uh, as I say, mine now are, you know, my old, my youngest is 13. So now she can actually hear some of the things that I try to follow them on to you. Uh, to them, what my grandfather always told me, he always tried to talk to me about a lesson, uh, tried to uh, talk straight to me and not talk to him like, uh, you know, he he can't get it. Because kids now are so much smarter than we could ever be. Also. Uh, so, th so they can comprehend so much. So I just make them understand I love them. I want them definitely to be respectful and, and humility are two of the most important things, and to love the Lord. That's it. Hey, you know, Roy, I, since we're going down this this road a little bit here and talking about your kids and your grandkids and that kind of thing, look, it was 10 years ago, right, about 10 years ago, that, that you needed a kidney transplant. And it was one of your daughters, and in fact, they were both matches, but, but one uh, gave you a kidney, and here you are 10 years later and we're yapping and laughing and having a big old time. And I, you know, I just wonder when you reflect on that, um, what that did for you um, inside um, to have that kind of a, a link with one of your kids that not a whole lot of folks can speak of. Well, you know, first of all, uh, bless all I can say is I'm blessed. And I'm so, so thankful uh, that it's not really about what I taught, but uh, uh, their grandmother, and I know a lot of people know and they wonder what? My ex-wife <laughs> is my best friend, has been my best friend for forever. Uh, we, we were not married, but we always have been very respectful of each other, always loved each other. And uh, as I, when I was playing, just like you guys know, sports guys are so much long, uh, gone. They're so committed to what they're trying to do as far as being the best athlete they can. So they don't spend the same much time as the kids when they're young as we do. Yeah. But gladly, my, uh, uh, Sharon was good teaching these kids, as I said, for the things we talk about, humility, love, and loving God. And uh, thankfully, it got over to them. So she was uh, humble. She she loved her dad. They both uh, wanted, and I told them both, hey, I, I would never ask them. I never asked them to see if they were matches to me. I never did. Uh, their mom did it. They both went out and did it themselves. And I told them, hey, my life has always already been great. I had an opportunity to do some great things for my parents that I did for them. Uh, so it was it was okay with me if it was time. But, you know, thankfully for them, they went on and got matches. They both were. And the oldest one said she wanted to. They both wanted to, but she demanded that she did it. And, uh, you know, there was a few days of tears for me not only for the joy that I was going to get it, but just for the type of people uh, that my kids have been. 
Well, just for the record, it ain't your time until until I beat you seven days in a row. That, that, that's my. <laughs> right. I'm gonna give you a. We're gonna have a long life, yeah, boy. Hey, that's hey, what he's I'm, trying to tell you. All right, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna until I beat you seven days in a row. I'm not gonna sleep comfortable at night. You know what? You will never sleep <laughs> seven in a row. Are you kidding me? Yeah, seven in a never. row. Never. <laughs> Never, ever. Do I need to speak slowly and distinctly <laughs> so you understand what I'm saying? Do me a favor. Give your daughter a shout out uh, for her, her her catering service that does such a fabulous job for me and my friends anytime we have parties and things like that. Candace Kitchen. Candace Kitchen. Candace is amazing. Candace is, I guess she took over, well, I know she took over her mom, but uh, she's went beyond that. She loves it. She loves to cook. Uh, as I said, she started off to just be a for bakeries because you know I have a sweet tooth uh, <clears throat> problem. Uh, so she started that, but it expanded after that, and now man, she gets orders constantly, all the time. Caterings, man, she does a fabulous job. Candace Green, look for her, look her out, look her up, and go and get you some. Hey, before we before we let Roy go. Look, Chuckster, you're always doing like this imitation of Roy every time you and Roy, you should you should know that Chuckster brings your name up like 64 times a day. OK, we get really tired of it. But most of the time, yeah, most of the time there was also uh, an impression of you that um, that accompanies that mention. So, I, Chuckster, <laughs> I'm going to get you to do it, and and now we have Roy who can see say if this is an accurate representation. Hey, Roy sees a girl he wants to talk to. He does this thing. He licks his old big old lips and grabs a little spit and blows his eyebrows <laughs> like that. And like I was like, "Are you kidding me right now?" He does this little. <laughs> I'm like, "Are you kidding me right now?" Oh my god! I've never been around a person. As fun as this dude. <laughs> We've had so much fun since 1992. He He's one of the greatest football players ever, obviously. But I'm, I'm glad to call him a friend and a brother. But, man, if you, when you're with this dude, it is the funniest time you're ever going to have. Was Chuck pretty much on the mark with that impersonation, Roy? Not even close. <laughs> Not even close. Because, first of all, you can't do that unless, first of all, you got to be cute. He can't do this. <laughs> You know, that's what you begin with. <laughs> and you know, you be riding on my coattails. <laughs> you you itty-bitty coattails. Hey, hey, so, uh, we're in Vegas probably 15, 16 years ago, and Roy's always leading us. And it's probably about we, – we always go for the Super Bowl, about six, seven, eight, ten – well, we're up to about 18 now. So I was having about six, seven guys. We walk in the club, and the bouncer says, Mr. Greens, Tim Hall's in your group. He says, him, 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 and that's it. And, uh, no, not her. She's not with us. We go in. About five minutes later, this girl comes up. He says, hey, I don't even know your name, but I just want you to know, I wasn't trying to ride on your itty-bitty coattails. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we started laughing. She said, she said, what? He said, yeah, your friend think I want to ride on his itty-bitty coattails. And, man, we laughed so hard about Oh. <laughs> uh, Oh, oh, my God. We were laughing so hard, Greener. Roy Green. Yes. Man, it's good of you. It's good of you to uh, take a chunk of time out of your day. He ain't to... got nothing else to do. Well, he's obviously, he's at a radio station. D- there's nothing going on right now. Hey, I have a job. I have the greatest uh, producers and talent. Talent. Our people gets talent. Now, you guys are kind of like, you guys are kind of like baseball over there. You know, there's four of you guys, so you just got to be one for four <laughs> in, in baseball to get in the Hall of Fame. So, Arnie, you know, of course, you're that that number one. So, you know, these guys, all they got to do is hit one big home run every once in a while with those other three, and you guys are going to be okay. <laughs> but all of us got to be good here for the Cardinals here. So, Jim and Tim, they do a great job over here. You guys, Arnie, thank God for you. Roy Green, you have yourself a great day, man. Appreciate you. And uh, take care of this guy on the golf course because we can do without all of this renewed uh, confidence. Yeah. That's and what it chatter. is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, boy. Be safe. Love I you. I can't wait. Miss you guys. Take care. All right. All right, Roy. 
He's the best, man. He's the best. <laughs> he's something. We hate to be playing behind you two. Well, first of all, he's slow, slow. He's the slowest golfer in the world, but he's got the best short game. That's like, where it is, right there, uh, Chuckster. That's where like, it is. That's I, where the money is. I know. It drives me crazy. Like I got the whole one, and he'll get up and down. Drives you crazy when you're playing somebody uh, like it that. It drives like, me crazy. Oh, he'll never get up and down. Yeah, yeah, I know. I got, I got. He, if he gets up and down, he's gonna tie the hole or win the hole. And he's been like that the whole time. Yeah. I mean, his short game is amazing. I got to give it to him, and I hate giving him to him. <laughs> Let's take a break. Come back with more on the steam room after this. The legendary Tim Kiley is here, longtime producer of Inside the NBA. Just throw the word around. Hello, worldwide Chuck. Hey, worldwide Chuck. (laughs) Worldwide Chuckster. (laughs) 292 pounds of greatness. (laughs) What do you got on your mind? Well, last week, you guys, we had a little discussion of Wolf Blitzer. Yes. We weren't quite sure what his real name was. We've now confirmed that it's Wolf Isaac Blitzer. That's his real name. It's a family name. He was born in Germany. Wow. So that got Cap to thinking, because you know how Cap is. Well, th- well, I don't put him in thinking in well, the same I, sentence. It's time for a little quiz. Okay. okay? I'm going to give you the name of a performer, mm-hmm. and you have to tell me what the stage name is. Okay. All okay. right. So the real name of the performer is Megan Javon Ruth Pete. Uh, Megan The Stallion. Oh, Chuck is quick on that one. Aubrey Graham. Good ping pong player. Aubrey Graham. Wolf Blitzer. Uh, <laughs> uh, Reggie Miller. What? Play ping pong against Reggie Miller. Oh, 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 Drake. Drake, there you go. Oh, man, I should have known that one. All right. Here's a mouthful. Stefani, Joanne, Angelina, Germanata. Angelina, our... Angelina Jolie. Nope. Gwen Stefani. Nope. She sang with Tony Bennett. Oh, Lady Gaga. There you go. Shelton Lee. Johnny Cash. No. Biggest Knicks fan in the world. Spike Lee. Spike Lee. All right. Melissa Vivian Jefferson. Just hosted SNL. Lizzo. Chuck, you're just all over this. You know what? You're a, a lot more into, like, idol worship and... And no fanboy stuff and entertainment tonight that you let on. I, no, I appreciate greatness. First of all, if he didn't say you just hold the side of SNL, I wouldn't have known that. All right, no more hints I'm being told. Okay. You ready? Eric Bishop. Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> Close. Uh, you should give us, like, uh, a clue. Django Unchained. Jamie Foxx. There you go. John Roger Stevens. What's the clue? Cap yelled at me for giving you clues. I'm not are, we, are, are all these common knowledge? No. Because I not. feel like a real dumbass right now. <laughs> you never I got none are, of these. Ernie. I got none of these. Well, let's don't get carried away. He is sometimes. No, never. He's the only black man to win an Oscar, an Emmy, a Grammy, and a Tony Award. John Roger Stevens. James Earl Jones? Mm, no. I'm not Tyler quite. Perry. John Legend. Oh. You ready? Mark Sinclair. Mark Sinclair? He starred in about five million Fast and Furious movies. Vin Diesel. All right. Karen Johnson. Such a plain name. What's the clue? Starred in the movie Ghost. Demi Demi Moore. No. Whoopi Goldberg. There you go. Last one. This is taking us back. Chuck's favorite cowboy, Marion Morrison. Clint Eastwood. Nope. No, John, John Wayne. John, yeah, the man. Duke. I Remember probably when just... you did the Duke, the yeah. imitation of the Duke? No, you know what he did? <laughs> That's not what you did. I said, give me your best John Wayne. You went, pew, pew. <laughs> Not like a pilgrim or any of that. <laughs> exactly. Was... Shout out to the great Clint Eastwood just to get to say his name. name. There you go. Love me some Clint Eastwood. All right, so Ernie, sorry to put you in that position there. I put myself in Wait, that position not by stuff? not paying attention to uh, to <laughs> Wait, what celebrities' apolog- real names are, hey, hey, and I really you, apologize. Why for are you that. apologizing? He don't know stuff. It's his fault. He's dumb. Hey, 
do we do we really need to know all those what a what a movie star's actual name is? <laughs> what, what, do you really need that in your day to day life? Yeah, but what's really weird about the whole scenario is you must really not like your name. Somebody must have said you can't be famous. I'm sure somebody said uh, that name won't fly. If you really want to be the star, you got to change your name. Well, so like you, like you wanted to be Travis, Travis Abernathy, tra- yeah, Travis Barkley. Travis Barkley. Yeah, but I, and listen, when I told my mom I wanted to change my name to Travis because Charles Barkley would never be famous, I was clearly wrong. Yeah, and were. remember now, in the old days, if you were too ethnic, they changed your name. Dean Martin, was, his real name was Dino Crescetti. Mm. You can go through life as Tim Collick because you're never going to amount to anything. You don't have to uh, well, you, as if that's his real name. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a nice long list you provided there, TK. I should have included some better names, Ernie. No. You. Like, you, what better look, names? TK, know, if you tried to tailor it. that to me, you're you're really going to be you're really <laughs> going like to be struggling. Star Wars information. Oh right? man, yeah, you could sit here for a half hour and give me the most basic Star Wars quiz, and I would go over. <laughs> I I would. You just Do you know anything about Star Wars? Harrison Ford, no, uh, Billy yeah. Dee Williams, Mark Hamill, yeah, uh, Carrie Fisher, Carrie, Carrie Fisher. Fisher, James Earl Jones. But I'm talking about like questions about plot and no, who are no, these no, and who no, are these it's no. just it, it's that way with star wars harry potter you name it i just i've checked out i don't think I'm i've sorry. ever seen a harry potter you'd know I, I, <laughs> now, we, you now, had. yeah exactly you haven't seen a, a broadway play you haven't seen harry potter no do you watch star wars i watched the first couple then they got out of hand i agree with you on the, that the last few have gotten out of hand Especially you got All those right. nitwits who dress up like them too, like those yeah, comic cons. Come yeah. on, man, you're just a nitwit if you dress up. You're a grown ass man. You can't be dressed up like a Luke Skywalker. All right, last last <laughs> one, last one, Chuck. <laughs> Doctor Putterman. Yes, that's his real name. <laughs> What's his first name? Doctor? No. <laughs> He's your doctor. You what's his what's your doctor's first name? I don't know. Come on, man. I don't know his first name. You you call your doctor doctor. You don't I call Dr. Andrews. I love you, Dr. Andrews, who's operating what's on my body. Yeah, so what's I his, call him it, So his, what's his so what's his first name? Well, I know his name because okay. his name is Dr. Jim Andrews. But it, yeah. you call a doctor doctor. Well, James Andrews, but you know him well yeah. enough to call him Jim. Yeah, everybody calls him Jim. Yeah. Just okay. for the record. Okay, so what's everybody called Dr. Putterman? <laughs> Doctor? <laughs> Doc? Hey, Doc Putterman. Uh, it's, yeah, that's what they call Charles, him. Cap tells me it's William. Is it? William Putterman. William but, Putterman. But everybody I, calls him Billy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't call him. Will. Hey, I don't call him William. I say, hey, Doc. Hey, Doc Putterman. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what, what are you What's Doctor Welby's first name? Marcus. Marcus. Oh, sorry. Bad example. Come on. <laughs> you ain't kidding. How about Doctor Kildare? <laughs> Young Doctor Kildare. Yes. What was Doctor Kildare's first name? I don't know. Doctor. No, there. Richard. It's a title, not a name. Man, you call your doctor doctor. You don't call him by his real name. It depends on how close you are and how and and what kind of relationship you have. So if you see if you see Doctor. Putterman out in public. I was like, hey, you Doc. Just say, hey, Doc. Hey, Doc. Okay. They're playing the music. They're pulling me off stage. Thank you, legendary Tim Kiley. <laughs> My pleasure. Next week, we'll do Broadway play yeah. questions yeah, for Thanks you, a Chuck. lot for the quiz, TK. <laughs> I'll say cat. See again. if I call you legendary <laughs> next time. <laughs> Chuck and Ernie in steam room. Come and join us in steam room. Chuck and Ernie in steam room. Leave your towel on in steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Leave your towel on in the steam room. So we're um, almost three complete seasons into the uh, to the steam room. We got a few more episodes to go this year. That'll be and then that'll that'll be three years. This is this has been fun. It's been really and will fun. continue to be. Yes. But we have always concluded each episode the same way with the uh, Chuck's answering machine. The number uh, to call is 404-987-0330. Uh, Cap, how many calls do we normally get? 
that you're having to weed through and, and figure out. Oh, too many too to many count. To I like that description. Yeah, be honest. How many of them are just cursing me out? Too, too many ma- to count. <laughs> Again, <laughs> too many to count. Um, we have uh, well, thanks three. Thanks for calling anyway. We have three calls this week. Are you ready for the first one? <laughs> I, I am. Good. Roll it. You've reached Charles Barkley. Leave a message, America. Hey, Ernie and Chuck. Daniel Seidert here from Amsterdam in the Netherlands and a lawyer steamer. I've got a question for you guys. What do you guys expect from the upcoming playoffs? Let me know. Who's the favorite? Thank you both for always making me laugh. Can't get enough of inside the NBA and the steam room. So, you know, Amsterdam is on my bucket list. Why? There's certain places you just... What intrigues you, you know, or what have you seen that says, you know what, that's a place I'd like to visit? Is it the canals? I don't know what's there, actually. It just, I like, I got friends who say, let's, they, they says, you, we should go to Amsterdam. And they probably pot smokers in fairness. Because uh, <laughs> I'm not a pot smoker. I told you, I smoked pot about five times. It just makes me want potato chips. Doesn't do anything <laughs> for me. You're not a smoker. You're a potato chip yeah, eater. Yeah, I'm a potato chip eater. They're like, <laughs> my friends, I got some great friends who smoke pot. That's their thing. I love them. I don't judge them. Every time I smoke pot, they're like, what you feel? I said, I feel like I need some potato chips. I don't, I don't feel no type of way. But I guess they got these things called coffee shops in Amsterdam, which is pot places where you just go and order pot off a menu. I'm, I don't really need any more <laughs> bad habits. I'm just, I'm just going to stick to drink, I don't really I'm a, I don't need another bad habit. I'm just stick to drinking and gambling. Two bad habits is plenty. Well, our caller wanted to know. Oh, listen. Who's going to win it all, I guess. Well, number one, thanks for being a law steamer. I'm so excited for the NBA playoffs this year because the East is so crazy and loaded. But does anybody in the East have what it takes to beat the Phoenix Suns? The Milwaukee Bucks. Mm -hmm. But like I say, I'm going to give him a little answer before. So if the Miami Heat won, I don't think anybody would be shocked. If the Milwaukee Bucks won, I don't think anybody would be shocked. If the Sixers won, I don't think anybody would be shocked. Uh, who am I Celtics? Missing? The Celtics. Nets? The, the Celtics or Nets. Uh, so it's going to be fun watching, but I'm going with the Milwaukee Bucks in the East. In the West, the Suns are a clear-cut favorite. Money has done a fabulous job, but, man, the Golden State Warriors, they've only played one playoff game at the time of this taping, and I'm not going to overreact, but they looked good. They looked really good. With that complete, with Clay, with Steph, with Draymond. Dray. Yeah. Uh, a pool has played fantastic. You got my boy Kaminga, who I love. Love me some Jonathan Kaminga. And shout out to my boy from Toronto, who I voted for rookie if I had a vote. Scotty, Scotty Barnes. Barnes. I'm so sorry that kid got hurt. Uh, cause he and he was like sixteen, ten, and six when he got hurt. Man, he's gonna be great for the next ten, fifteen years. But I'm taking the Phoenix Suns in the West, and we're gonna have a rematch for the championship. And I think my Phoenix Suns gonna beat the Milwaukee Bucks. Gonna be a revenge finals. That's my prediction, brother. From uh. New Amsterdam. That'd be a good one to see. Next call. Hey, Ernie and Chuck. Big Chris uh, from the Jersey Shore. Chuck, I got a question for you. My best friend from growing up ended up in all places settling in Leeds, Alabama. And you got a new place in town, the Buckies. I was wondering if you're a big Buckies fan. If you've been there and if you are, what do you get when you go there? Thanks, guys, for the podcast. Love listening. I can't believe a guy brought up Bucky's. I want to, and I want to hear what you because there's a Bucky's. It's right there at the Leeds exit. How you know? Because I've you know, like I've driven to Tuscaloosa before. Oh, okay, I've driven to places before. And you have to go by that, and, and you okay. go by the Leeds yeah. exit, yeah. and yeah. there okay. it is. There's this huge Bucky's, man. Yeah. So like B U C C I E E B U C E E C E E Bucky's. Okay, has that beaver on this on the let me just say this. We, Bucky's opened about a year ago. It's probably the most amazing gas station. I don't even call it. It's like even, a mall gas station. 
to first of all, they got a hundred pumps. At least. At least a hundred. I think it's a hundred. And there's not a single thing in this world that you can't buy in there. It's packed basically 24-7. Yeah. I'm like, why are people here in the middle of the night? I mean, I'm drive driving back home from the from the bar and it's packed. It's the most incredible thing. I mean, like, it's been great for my hometown, but it's just crazy. I mean... I mean, everything you could possibly want to eat is in there. Anything you could possibly need to buy. Like, like if you're making a trip somewhere, I mean, you got to tell yourself. You know, if you say, hey, I need need to pull over and get some gas. If you're you're trying to make it quick, that's not going to happen. Because even if you try to just go and just fill up the gas tank. Yep. If you wander inside, you're going to go shopping. Yeah, you can't help yourself. Yeah. I don't need that, but I could sure, yeah. but I want to buy it. Yeah. And it's and, crazy. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. But the food's pretty good, too. Well, every, listen, it's been a great addition to Leeds, Alabama. So shout out your boy. Bucky's is correct. Okay. Next. Hi, Charles. My name is Jasmine. I'm a former collegiate athlete at FAMU here in Tallahassee, Florida. And I graduate in about two weeks. So I was wondering if you have any advice for me for stepping out into the real world. And also, what would you say is the craziest thing that you did in college during your tenure at Auburn? Thanks. Uh, FAMU, I think they had a Rattlers, right? Yes. So one of my college teammates, Paul Daniels, I think his brother Bruce Daniels went to FAMU. That's how I know the Rattlers. So believe it or not, I didn't do a lot of crazy stuff. No, we don't believe that. No, because – I used to be like this quiet little kid from a small town, but obviously my life exploded when I became Charles Barkley. So number one, congratulations on graduating. My best advice, number one, we've tricked you. College is a trick. It's so much fun. It's the greatest time of your life. But now your life going to suck from now. You're just going to go to work every day. I tell that people, doesn't mean your life has to suck. Yeah, but I'm just saying you just go to work for the rest of your life. Yeah. But that's going to get back to my advice to you. My advice to her is going to be find a job that you like. Because let me tell you something. That's what you're going to do for the rest of your, for the next 30, 40 years, more than likely. So if it's something that you don't like, life is going to suck. You have to find a job. Like, Ernie, you call it, what's she? I it's get, a get to. It's a get-to you got, job. You got to find not, a... Not a got-to yeah, job. Yeah, So, and, 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 and Ernie, I use that when I'm speaking sometimes. I says, get yourself a get-to job, not a got-to. And those are two different things. So, young lady, I'm going to just tell you this. Find yourself a job that you say, I want to get up and do this every morning. Because if you get a job that you don't like, man, yeah. that is... Yeah, first of all... You're going to be unhappy, but also you're not going to reach your full potential. Yeah, it's got to be, not to interrupt, but I just did. Uh, But really, it has to be something that when you think about doing this, it's like it it makes your pulse a little quicker. It Mm -hmm. makes you, it gets you excited. You say, I really do want to do it. It's just like any cause that you pursue, uh, you know, aside from anything that, that you're doing for a career. But if there's something that makes your heart beat faster and say, I really want to be involved in that, then that's what you follow. Yeah. That's what, and, and not, well, that feeling will pass. No. Be, and and it can't be something that somebody tells you you yeah. should be doing or somebody said, oh, you'd be great at this. You should do this. Yeah. Only you know that. And also, let me give you one more piece of advice. You don't have to be married to your college degree. If you find something that's a bigger passion, a better passion for you, do that. Sure. Like, my daughter went to uh, school to be a teacher. And then she's like, Dad, I'm not sure. I'm like, well, you need to be sure because this is what you're going to do for a long extended period of time. Now she has an amazing job. She works for a company to help people, help young ladies pick out what college to go to for specific majors. She loves her job. It's kind of pseudo teacher. and She loves working with young kids, loves it. She, like I say, but I say, you, you don't have to be married to what your degree is. No, I've had, I've had plenty of guys who were men and women alike who were in journalism school. Yeah. And then, you know, and that's what didn't, and maybe they had the thought, hey, I want to be on the air. I want to do this. And then it doesn't turn out that way, but they're, it's not like their lives haven't had great, you know, great moments and, and great career 
uh, turns in it because they found something that, you know, this is actually more designed to what I want to yes. do. And then, and you'll find, I think, also that the more relationships you form through that job, just like you talked about, maybe you didn't think about that, but then you, but then you say, boy, through this job, mm-hmm. I've impacted some young kids' lives and yes. maybe stirred, stirred or steered somebody in the right direction, and it's really fulfilling. Mm-hmm. So you don't know, but be open, be, be open, be because open. whatever's whatever is out there that's kind of gonna make you say, hey, this is a, this gives me some purpose. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what you should do. Three great calls today. Yeah. And, a, and just another wonderful uh, episode here of, of the Steam Room, in my humble opinion. I mean, other than the guest. That's between you and Roy Green. Okay. To be continued. <laughs> uh, we'll be back with more on the Steam Room in the next few weeks. I don't know exactly when the next one will be, but let me encourage you to do something. Binge listen to the Steam Room. Yes. I mean, we got three seasons in there. Get in, you know, yeah, get cherry on there. Pick. Cherry pick who you want to listen to. Tom Brady, Paid Manning. We've had a lot of good, we've had yeah. a lot of good guests. Yes, we have. Including Roy Green today. So that's it for the Steam Room. We'll talk to you later, y'all.